0: Now, open your mind to me, please, open your mind, open your mind,
1: open your mind. This is Monica Perez. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6, right here on WSB. And a a big threat to our liberty is that we—it reminds me of the Brzezinski book, The Crisis of Democracy, where he says the answer to the question, how do we control the people, is that we make them all kind of slaves of or beholden to or dependent on— non-governmental organizations and he didn't mean that in the sense that we commonly hear it right now not only anyway, but corporations, unions etc as ways to keep people in line in institutions that come before the government that are closer to them that they have no democratic say in that they're not governmental they're not public so you're they are supposedly voluntarily and I feel like a kind of parallel, a uh, method has been used to change the public square to a private platform and there is no public alternative i'm not suggesting a public alternative but imagine if the if there was a twitter a facebook and a google that was run by the government you know I, i'm a libertarian i'm an anarcho-capitalist i don't want anything run by the government but let's just say we have plenty of stuff that is run by the government we have schools you know, and they and they have certain limitations on what they can do, how they can censor and stuff, because they are considered beholden bound by our laws. And these private companies have a greater ability to restrict our rights because they are private companies. Could you imagine if the competitor, instead of putting all these regulatory barriers in place, that, uh, you know, I'm not suggesting it, but if that were the public forum, we would be having a more robust debate about what could and could not be suppressed, but we have no debate. It's just happening. Of course, 5G is just happening without debate and that is a government thing. So we're about to see when the rubber hits the road, as Frank Zappa said, when they pull the curtain back, you are going to see a brick wall, but I find that these legal obstacles can be a way to kick that can down the road, kick that that can, keep liberty alive. So let's, uh, Binkley, my producer here, let's keep the conversation going. Uh, Let's have another tweet.
0: We have a tweet from Dean who says that people have grown accustomed to being told how to feel about a subject and things that require critical thinking or could cause cognitive dissonance are avoided.
1: That's absolutely true. We, uh, and that reminds me of something I was thinking earlier, maybe said in one of our podcasts that, that. So one of the big things that's being talked about right now, at the same time, YouTube's coming down with a lot of censorship. There are calls across the board. It was absolutely plastered across the wallstreetjournal.com this morning, calls for big tech to be regulated. And my argument is, and always has been from including like drugstores and everything else when, uh, um tv censorship everything when we are regulated we go what a caller once explained to me was condition white unaware on alert you might as well be asleep you don't even know there's a danger you are condition white because you think somebody's taking care of it somebody's minding the store and that's that's a serious problem that's something if if they if they tell us that they are solving this big tech problem. We won't think about it anymore. And I think maybe we need to. We need to to have alternatives to the public square and also to protect our kids from their intentional addictive products. And their products are addictive for one reason is that they were established by the military intelligence or funded by it, seeded by it. In order to create a large, trackable, manipulable, analyzable database. And that data, in order to get it built, the government promoted the private ownership of that value. They said of the intellectual property, but the data is the real value. So they're gonna, they want, they need the data, they need you to be hooked on it. And as the very first caller, Eric, said, like, we are the product. I'm not sure he meant this, but we are actually the product. So the reason that they run at a loss, Uber runs at a loss. Amazon, I think, probably still runs at a loss. No, I don't think it does anymore, but it did for a long time. Um, Snapchat might as well run at a loss. I, I don't know if it does or not. They can give you stuff free because they just want the data. The data is the thing with the value, and you're providing that. So they're just they're just getting you – it, you're just a hamster in a cage for them and a wheel running their real value. And the data is used to manipulate us. The data is turned around and used against us. And this is what the one of the people in on the ground floor of it on the government side called this public-private partnership to establish this mass surveillance state. And, and there's like you can go deeper on it in that like what we were talking about, Binkley and I, we were talking about. How does war fold into this? I could say you could go either way. So what's your thought, Bankley, on war, on how war folds into this?
0: I think the way that this censorship is escalating, that it's pointing to some sort of conflict getting closer and closer.
1: Yeah, and it seems like, you know, there's a lot of bluster. Like with North Korea, I don't think we're headed to a war with North Korea, but we might be headed to a war with Iran. I mean, we had that smoking gun audio of the guy from— the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, which I think is populated by like Kissingers and Bushes, saying we're in the business to provoke a confrontation, conflict, war with Iran, and that does seem to be what we are doing.
0: Yeah, and the CFR has written multiple articles talking about the the need to amp up our defense towards the really Russian interference, but they link it to Iran. And
1: Oh, yeah. Russia and Iran are going to be one thing before the end of right. this. <laughs> yeah. There was an article yesterday
0: about that, about how we need to take action, need to be on the offensive, and we need to make sure everybody knows that it's a defensive <laughs> action.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, in England, they're already saying Iran because Iran. Iran is attacking the royals on Facebook, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, like the, the general, I don't know where I put it, but I posted that this general was saying... We we need to defend our troops on the Iran you know, over in Iran's sphere of influence by sending more troops in case they have a conflict with the troops. I'm like, well, if you just bring the troops back, then you don't have any danger of conflict. That's just absolutely childish.
0: That's what the CFR said in an article they put up yesterday that we need to send more troops because Russia.
1: Because the troops there are in such danger, it might spark World War Three.
0: Well, they justified it by saying that Russia already invaded our country through the 2016 election. They're going to do it again in 2020. See, we need to send troops. See, that's the
1: problem. When you have 9-11 or you have the Russian thing used to tell us that we need to escalate in what could end up in a world war, we need to have trials. Before we do this stuff, like somebody in Russia needs to be on an open trial. It needs to be proven. Maria Butina was tortured or whatever. She was held in solitary confinement until she she agreed to plea on something. So she's the only person who's been convicted of Russian anything.
0: Yeah, there was an interesting quote. Um, you're right. They, and, but they're sending us over or making us think that they invaded our country. Mike Pompeo said the other day that we should privately convey Moscow's to Moscow, Washington's readiness to release financial information on Russian government leaders involved in hacking and other embarrassing information about Putin and his cronies. We're talking about re- releasing embarrassing information.
1: Yeah, well, that's their MO, right? <laughs> so, okay, so um, another thing that you were saying earlier was that the when people are staring at their phones, they're like zombies or you know they really can't function normally i mean don't you agree it's like a drug thing
0: it's totally like a drug you can't this you can't listen and process information in the outside world if you're just zoned in to this device all the time
1: and yes and the other thing i was thinking is that it is i believe it is it's habituating like you love that dopamine thing. Yeah. I'm not going to call it physically addicting because I don't know if you actually get physically yeah. ill because you because it does change the chemicals in your brain. Sometimes some chemical changes can create like permanent body changes that you have to like kick the habit. I don't know if this does that, but I do know that it has the same or I I believe that it has the same effect as real drugs have on neutralizing or disempowering people so that it, you know like eric was saying we are complicit because we're going along with it and yeah that's a little hard to beat when they're like pulling an edward bernays on you and drawing you into a trap that you are unaware you're being drawn into yeah but but you're but you are always a big uh believer in you know the power of the individual to act outside the box and i feel like this is disempowering
0: it's very disempowering and you were speaking about the data a moment ago they have all the data so they can anticipate psychological behaviors and they can make it almost it can make it really difficult to break away because they they know you they know your data they know your patterns they know what is going to keep you there
1: oh that's what the whole google thing started as that's what the whole point was that 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 it's really crazy. Like it was hard for me to get my mind around this article. It's like nine, ten pages. I mean, I, I can get my mind around it, but like if I read it two or three more times, I could investigate probably ten different areas. But one of the things that I was talking about was how your searches define you. Like like I was I said once, not long ago that like I have twenty thousand tweets. Imagine the psychological profile you could, yeah. and I'm sure they are creating over each and every one of us. It's like a 4D thing. Yeah. And Facebook has its own, uh, you know, the Twitter is inside your mind. Facebook is outside is your face. Yeah. Twitter is your thoughts, <laughs> and Facebook is your face, really. And but Google is your searches seem to be, if I'm understanding correctly, seem to be even even more complexly revelatory and what it what it what they used it for was to group people they called it the birds of a feather project and they used that so when they are looking at the searches i guess cuz a search no no search is going to be exactly the same but they are trying to understand what you are wanting from your online behavior changes the search. So the two of us from our separate computers could type in the same words. People have said that to me, like that wasn't the first thing that came up. Yeah. Like, well, maybe you typed in different words. Like, no, I didn't. <laughs> like, okay. But it, they they learn about you to to custom make the search results. But that's nice, and that's why you use it. But it's the learning about you that it was really all about. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of interesting. And the fact that it helps them categorize you into the herd where you belong, I think is... Uh, I'm going to have to digest that for a minute. So let's take a break. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. now for something completely different. On News 95.5 at AM 750. WSB. One thing I was talking about earlier I don't want to let pass. Uh, I was talking about... This idea of mimetics. So when the kids watch these YouTube videos and they have really dark themes pop up, there's a lot of suicide stuff. This is a real thing. Like there's articles written about that particularly. But there's also like anti-suicide um, billboards. And I I remember when I was a kid mario cuomo andrew cuomo's father and the governor of new york and like and then his two sons one's the governor one's the newsman i just think that's so funny that you know i think isn't chris cuomo isn't he on cnn
0: yeah every night
1: yeah so and you sent me a clip of jeff zucker saying cnn is the only real news
0: yeah that fox and msnbc are just opposing uh propagandas and cnn is the only one after the truth
1: Right. Which is funny because to me, like when I saw that, I was like, they people fall for this. It's like when Berlusconi was the biggest media mogul, it's like Roger Ailes here and he or Rupert Murdoch and he won the presidency of Italy. It's like, well, don't you think <laughs> that he <laughs> was not fair and a little manipulation going yeah, on a man. little bit? So, but he used to get up and talk about crack. Crack is just sweet. This is terrible, this crack stuff. If you haven't had crack, you don't know. Crack is really addicting. Crack, 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 crack. And you're just like, what is crack? You know, like, what the heck? I never would have heard of it in my little uh, high school if this guy hadn't shouted it from the rooftop. Same thing with smoking. I feel like it's it's like your Edward Bernays thing. Like they, He just had chicks smoking, uh, and he knew people would just imitate them so it so if YouTube is gonna spend time suppressing stuff from censorship don't do it with subjective political speech do it with stuff that absolutely nobody nobody could argue objectively harmful things let's uh, but I'm gonna talk about how subjective Google censorship is after the break this is Monica Perez Monica Perez it's like everything I've been brought up to believe was all made of bull- on News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSB. I am the libertarian voice waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6. And today is no exception. I think the Google censorship is a threat to our liberty. And... It's not a conundrum for me as a libertarian because it's a quasi-governmental entity. It's what was called by one of the uh, workers at the government source of the seed funding for Sergey Brin. Sergey Brin, who invented a lot of this tech, if you read his Wikipedia entry, you don't you don't get anything really much out of it uh, of a backstory nature, except for that he was from Moscow, but that. It doesn't talk about how he and Mark Zuckerberg, not at the same time, but went to the same Johns Hopkins Center for Talented Youth where they identify super geniuses, not to cultivate them, but to study them. That's how super genius they are. And he was one of those people. So he was identified very young, in my opinion. It looks to me like he graduated college in two and a half years and then went to Stanford to do this project. So they act like, oh, these guys were doing this. so We like gave them some money. I'm like, I don't think so. You know, I think you guys found this kid, knew he had the aptitude, and there you were off to the races. I think there's a much deeper backstory here. But uh, what, what I wanted to get to is this... A lot. I mean, there's just so much. I, I'll never get to all of it. But there's this one thing. I, I'm reading this article from The Daily Caller saying uh, documents detailing Google's new blacklist show manual manipulation of special search results. Manual manipulation, which means people are doing it. It's not automated. It's not algorithmic. This looks like it was from a uh, an April 2019 article. Uh, it says two official policies dubbed the misrepresentation policy and the good neighbor policy inform the company's XPA. So I guess X means delete PA protocol address. I don't know. I'm guessing news blacklist. It's a blacklist maintained by Google's trust and safety team. Uh, It's blah, blah. blah. It's going to be used by many search features to filter problematic sites that violate the good neighbor and misrepresentation policies The document reads that it was approved by this guy, that guy, and the other guy, one of whom is Ben Gomez, or Gomes, not sure how he pronounces it, is Google's head of search, who reports directly to the CEO. Uh, Nyack is a Google fellow, and HAR, so these are the three people who approved this policy, is a software engineer whose bio on Google's internal network, MoMA, indicates that he is also involved in fringe ranking which is not showing fake news, hate speech, conspiracy theories, or science-slash-medical-slash-history denial unless we're sure that's what the user wants. I'm going to get back to that and give you a little more on that. The purpose of the blacklist will be to bar the sites from surfacing in any search feature or news product, but it will not cause a demotion in the organic search results or de-index them altogether. I call absolute, total, and complete BS on that, this was from August 2018. Uh, that it's not crystal clear when these when these quotes are from, but this article seems to be talking about stuff that's happened since Parkland. When I claim accurately predicted that the internet just shut down right there, I didn't. I observed it immediately. I did not predict it. So, but I'll tell you when. Recently, we talked about this on the air. I was trying to find a quote I remembered verbatim of Susan Rice telling Morsi that the coup was about to begin. The quote was, Mother America says to stop playing in one hour. <laughs> yeah. And and we talked about that kind of recently. I think we were talking about Iran or interference in other countries like we would never do. And I remember, so WordPress took me down for a trumped up reason, totally tricked me into it. And so, for me to search my old stuff is a little complicated. So I sometimes just search it in Google, and actually, my own sites come up sometimes. But otherwise, I can just find the original source documents. So I wanted this quote, which was uh, totally accessible at the time, and I it would not come up on Google. I mean, I was searching page after page after page; it would not come up. So I switched to DuckDuckGo, and it expected you know what I had originally, so it came up first. So this guy is telling me it does not, it's not going to de-index or organ And this was not a conspiracy theory. This was a quote, you know, that of somebody was in the room with Morrissey when the text came in from Susan Rice. Man, you can text anything. I'm taking over your country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like what kind of a text is that? Like what? I didn't. Did you say you're? They're <laughs> like, run! <laughs> so anyway, this guy, so I want to get back to what fringe ranking is. So it's BS. It's not not taking it out of organic stuff. It's taking it out of, and it's, it, anyway, blah, blah. So this fringe ranking, it, it's identifying fake news. Okay, so at, what, my claim is that every single solitary thing that they're saying is subjective. That it's, su- yeah. it's not just, we shouldn't show 12-year-olds suicide pop-ups which is, I would say, there's nobody who would disagree with that. Nobody says, well, no, we really need to do that. We do not need to do that. And that's objectively wrong. This fringe ranking, but every single thing they're talking about here, in my opinion, is subjective, not showing fake news. So does that mean CNN, Fox? What does it mean? Stuff that I look at? James Corbett, who's absolutely <laughs> the most my most trusted source of news, Uh, Well, I mean, it's not news, it's analysis and and history and all that. It's not like, you know, he doesn't run a newspaper. But I'm just saying, is that fake news? Hate speech, hate speech. So what is hate speech? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, you can say saying like really offensive slurs are if meant in a hateful way, which is what YouTube says it has to be. Like, it can't just be a lyric to a song. It has to be meant to be hurtful.
0: Yeah. And how does AI tell the difference? Jigsaw. (laughs)
1: Good question. That's what Jigsaw is for. These are the unintended bias. This is another article. Unintended bias and names of frequently targeted groups. Uh, The challenge of identifying subtle forms of toxicity online. That's another article. I had so many articles to read uh in trying to um the other one was called false positives false positives and it talks about how more stuff gets removed than should be but yeah so you can finish I did got that did he say
0: subtle forms of toxicity yes what that's is why that? i
1: think they're training ai sarcasm
0: yeah they're training that to, to see what sarcasm is wow yes
1: yeah, so that that you can interact with real bots total, actual, not real things on the internet so they can populate the internet with a billion programmed entities that you think are your network. How many people have I met who I tweet with? Actually, a few because I do live shows, but most people don't. So you wouldn't know if it was really a bot. And Twitter sent me a thing, you're interacting with bots, which I'm sure is true. And I'm guessing they're going to take me down for that eventually, but (laughs) they wouldn't tell me who they were. Okay, so hate speech. The hate speech thing... Apply that to the abortion debate. So this guy Culverhouse was a big donor at the law school. Law school is named after him in Alabama. I read an article that said they were. He wanted to tell them how to use the money or how to run the school, or he would take the money away. And they had voted to just give his money back. They don't. They didn't want to deal with them. So the next day he comes out and says, uh, "I." Students should stop going to law school at this school because of Alabama's position on abortion, the abortion law. Then when they took his name off the law school, which they had decided to do the day before, he came out and said they are reacting to me speaking out against their unconstitutional law, their hatefulness towards women or their like oppression of women. They're denying women their rights, which is one of YouTube's censorship criteria is to say women are inferior and therefore should not have the same rights as men. So he's he's showing that you could say, is he the purveyor or the victim of hate speech? So depending on which side of that real legitimate legal issue, it is a legal issue. And you could come on each side of that. So the next thing he says is conspiracy theories as a fringe ranking. So if anyone talks about Russian collusion, do they get you think they get censored? Think people talk about Russian collusion are getting pulled off YouTube? I think of YouTube? so. I,
0: and when you label everything you don't like as being Russian propaganda, like anti-vaxxers, quote-unquote anti-vaxxers.
1: Yes, we've talked about that. But I'm saying Russian collusion is a conspiracy theory. Oh,
0: yeah, theory. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, a- Anyone
1: who talks about Russian collusion, like Trump engaged in Russian Russian collusion, it's not only a conspiracy theory. At this point, it's libel or slander because, or defamation because he did not.
0: That's crazy, because that was a conspiracy theory, and they didn't find yes. anything, and yet they the, just ignore it. The official
1: that. narrative of 9-11 is a conspiracy theory. Yeah. I mean, it just is. It was, And it was never proven in a court of law, so it is.
0: And what about television shows, if you can't determine the AI, like, is every show uh, X-Files episode going to be extracted?
1: Well, that's what Jigsaw is for. and And LifeLog, too, which was the predecessor to Facebook, is there to quote... The idea is to, this is from The Time, this is an old article, the idea is to index the material and make patterns easily retrievable in an effort to make machines think more like people, learning from experience. jeez. Oh, and that's what I think Jigsaw is for, too. Okay, he also says science, medical, history, denial. So, by the way, evolution is just a theory. Yeah. So is science denial questioning evolution, which is a theory?
0: Uh, uh, the... Word denial. Also, the definition of this word is the definition going to be the same as it is in the media, which is if you question something, you are a denier.
1: Oh, right. Like the vaccine thing. Vaccines are protected from certain lawsuits. So again, we cannot use our legal processes to vet these real issues that concern people. So then it just comes out to be this democratization of right and wrong of facts like quora. like there there is no yeah. there's no getting to the bottom of anything. And vaccines are legally protected from some of those lawsuits that would bring the truth out. So when people question it, and i'm not I'm not advocating for these examples I'm giving you. i, my position you don't know what my position is on any of those yeah my position is always that you should ask questions and if your answer is they they couldn't get away with lying that's not
0: yeah yeah. you
1: know what i mean that's not an answer well why don't you believe in the moon landing well they couldn't get away with lying it's like well maybe they could they got a <laughs> yeah. the Manhattan project a hundred thousand people kept their mouths shut about the a-bomb some people still don't believe in the a-bomb Some people don't believe in nuclear weapons. Like, that's how mystifying the whole subject is. I saw a guy drink a a vial full of AIDS once. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's like a a doctor on TV. It's like AIDS is not a virus. It's a syndrome that results from like too many antibiotics or stress on the system. And I'm drinking this blood. Or Was it like a beaker? I think it was, yeah. You could probably YouTube it.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you don't... Right? So then you're like, how do I know? Yeah, how yeah. How do I know? It's like my brother died of AIDS, but I think now that he died of AZT poisoning because when they stopped giving AZT to people, people stopped dying. Yeah. So I don't know, but I don't know. Is that bad? Is that denial? I don't know. But it's just saying it's all subjective, and this is what they... So if I'm trying to find the answers to that, he's saying... Well, if you're actually trying to find the answer, we'll try to give you those crazy links. But but I've tried to find the answer to that stuff and I don't get the crazy links. I'm not getting the crazy links that I'm looking for anymore. And I used to be I used to pride myself in truth dar because I could get a thousand crazy links because they intentionally give you disinformation that was written as a recommendation by Cass Sunstein and his paper on cognitive dissonance. And I used to like my stock and trade was to F- to separate the wheat from the chaff to find the true fact and then pull on that thread and verify it ver- like to not waste my time reading a thousand articles like that's the one let me dig in like this thing on Google this thing on LifeLog like these are the truth is out there to quote the uh, X-Files and we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up after this break this is Monica Perez Monica Perez maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. We are wrapping it up. What a, I mean, I still have like five more articles that r- reveal item after item about the, the net of surveillance, censorship, total information that is descending upon us while all eyes look at Nancy Pelosi calling Trump names. I just will not understand how the 24-7 news cycle doesn't dedicate at least half its time to this stuff. But if you want to hear what we have to say about it, Binkley and I do a podcast you can get at propreport.com on Thursdays. And this show you can get commercial-free on thepropreport.com on Wednesdays. So we try to keep you in the loop on all this stuff. And there is just so much more to it. So keep your googly eyes on AI and tune back into WSB. We will be back next Saturday from 3 to 6. This is Monica Perez.